came here, I'm like, oh yeah, Richmond's, Richmond's got this one, blah, 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 for sure, for sure. Hops into my room and said, yo, I wasn't paying attention to the game. I was working on something. He said, bro, <laughs> they're down by 37. I said, oh, <laughs> what is going on down the road in Washington, D.C. right now? Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode seven of the Big Guard podcast. Just had to take a week off. Guys had you know, get their stuff in order. We have schoolwork and stuff coming up, but we're back. I'm Nick Sherrod. I'm one-third of the group. I'm joined by Grant and Bryce Golden. Fellas, how y'all boys doing? What's going on, everyone? Doing good, doing good. Another week down. Uh, like Nick said, we had some student-athlete priorities uh, last week. Things are picking up here with school and everything, but we're back this week. And uh, we got an A-10 baby with us this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, my man, Jair Bolden, uh, played at GW, went to South Carolina, is now at Butler with Bryce. Um, sorry for that. I know <laughs> he's a sucky teammate and everything. But uh, how are you guys doing up at Butler? Oh, man, we're doing good. Just uh, just like you said, we're working out with Mash right now, so that's a little weird, but Besides that, Bryce, how do you think everything's going? It's been good, man. You know, um, anytime there's an A-10 dude around, things just get a little bit better. So, can't complain about it, about Jair. He's been a good addition to the team thus far. So, Can you guys give us a little inside scoop on the two-week in-shelter shutdown that uh, you guys had up there at Butler? Um. Yeah, no, it was a weird thing. Uh, we here at Butler University, we like to lift on Sundays. So we all woke up uh, Sunday morning and it was weird. We had like missed call. Well, me personally, I had like a missed call from like every single one of our coaches. So I'm like, that's just a horrible thing to wake up to in general for people that play sports. You just wake up to missed calls from your coaches. So then I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And then we get the uh, get the official word that I guess cases at school have gone up since people have been back. So basically, the idea behind it was doing a little quarantine for two weeks to you know let people clear up and resume classes after that in person. So yeah, not much to it honestly. Not much was going on. Not much to do, but. So we're, with were, y'all, were y'all allowed to leave for essentials and stuff? Because I, I know, Bryce, you were leaving your room and stuff, I guess, to get food and everything. So, like, was that allowed? What were, what were the rules behind that? Well, I mean, if, if it wasn't allowed, you'd be in trouble right now. So <laughs> I kept telling Bryce I was calling the hotline and snitching on y'all if y'all was doing anything. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't think they knew what the rules were, honestly. They just they just said this, didn't really set up plan or guideline to it, you know. But, you know, it's over with. It sucked while I was going on. Jai and I had to figure out, get creative uh, basketball-wise where we're going to work out and stuff like that, so. It's over with now. Can't complain. How did you guys uh, manage that, like staying in shape and working out and stuff? One of, uh, one of our teammates knows a uh, student, Josh McRoberts, who went to Duke. Yeah. Um, yep. He got like this uh, this nice outdoor court, full court, and he would just uh, put us through like some workouts over there. Like probably like, what we do, like three times, two times? Yeah, I think we went over there three times. And then, you know, just running push-ups to the typical quarantine fitness plan. So, Nick, uh, University of Richmond, 392 surveillance tests this week, zero people testing positive. Or is, is Richmond like the, the prototypical like college bubble right now? Are we like the, the poster child of it? I guess. I was reading that email too. It seems wild that nobody has gotten any cases, but – I guess we're not like a big city, and I can attest that people are snitching here. So, you know, if you are out and about without a mask, you will get snitched on. So, yes, yes, we are definitely having a lot of people call into whatever hotline we have. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, for us, like Miss Courtney, our academic advisor, shout out to her. She was saying the other day to me, she was like if there's any school that could do it and do it successfully, it might be us just because we're so small. A lot of people live on campus and 
we're not like in downtown Richmond. We're sort of secluded um, on the West End. So, yeah, interested to see if that keeps up. But yeah, people at VCU think it, think they're gonna go home soon. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also, we're not anti, we're not anti hotline on this podcast, but it's just not the route that we would take. exactly exactly not anti-hotline we support anybody and any decision they make to to call in not call in whatever we support it all but not the route we would take take. yeah so anyways uh jair it's your third stop third college stop talk to me about the process of transferring and then the difference between the three places you've been to so far you've probably seen a lot a lot has changed you've played for three pretty different coaches I would say uh how's that been for you uh so the coach that recruited me at GW got uh fired in like September of my freshman year yeah so once he got fired for like some like crazy I don't even really know what it was it was like a whole investigation that was going on that I didn't know they didn't tell none of us when we were being recruited we just got there, and then we got, like, interviewed by the provost. And then we went to Japan, played with him. We played, like, three games with him or six games with him in Japan. And I didn't play. I probably played, like, a total of, like, 10 minutes over there in Japan. And then he got fired in September. Um, and <clears throat> and then we had, like, an interim head coach that whole year, uh, Maurice Joseph, who I'm sure yeah, y'all know. And uh, he was – he was good. He was young. It was his first time coach. He was he wasn't even like our head assistant. So like it was just a learning process for everybody for real. And then uh I didn't feel like I had like that year. Like I didn't really play like as much as I would have would have liked to. So I stayed another year. Uh and then left. Obviously the coach didn't recruit me. I went to South Carolina, um, which was a, a good experience. It was it's different. It's crazy. He's he's crazy. He's a good coach though. He uh he's a good coach, a good dude. He's real intense though. And it's kinda like uh you know, he's he's very uh set in his ways about like how basketball should be played and stuff, which you know he speaks for himself, he's successful. But it just wasn't really uh like as far as like my style of play goes and like what he want what he had in mind, it wasn't really it didn't really mesh well. So in this next stop like you know, the, last, the first two college decisions I made was kind of, like, based off a lot of things that weren't really as important. But this one, I was like, I got to, like, it's my last stop. I got to really focus on style of play, you know what I'm saying, the coach, relationship with the coach, all that stuff that you don't really think about when you're young, just come into schools. And uh, that's why I chose Bella. Like, I felt like it was a good fit for me, play style, and, like, the way Coach Val is and, and like, how he coaches and his philosophies and stuff all kind of, like, went well with me. You got any? Uh, you got any uh, funny uh, Coach Martin stories that you can share with us that are uh, PG? <laughs> yeah, some PG stories, man. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. like, like the way he would make us run, like. I mean, it's, it's the thing about Frank is what he says is is the funniest. Like, it's real funny, and he, it's not like people say he really is real. Like, he's a real dude. Like, how he acts is how he is, and off the court, he's like one of the coolest dudes. Like, you you'll meet. He's just super intense, and you know he knows. Like, he knows. I just want one funny story. So my sit out year at GW, we didn't play. We didn't have a good year. I mean, y'all know, like my sophomore year. So y'all, what I. Nick, you're a senior this year? Yeah, we're the same year. Yeah, we all the same year. All right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my sophomore year, we, uh, you know, we didn't play that well. So, every time I was in my sit-out year, if I played bad, it would be like, he would be like, no wonder GW only won three games. This was their point guard. Like, hey, what you expect? He would say something In our end of the year, he was like, he would be like, how do you like that? I know y'all won more than three games, but I had to get under your skin a little bit. <laughs> that to get under your skin, but he's he a good dude. Like he means, like he means well. He's a great coach for sure. Yeah, I uh, I got I was recruited by GW as well. They made it to my final five. Um, coach Long, how do you say it? Longren? I, I forget how to. Yeah, Longren. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had I I caught winds of the investigation as well, and I sort of knew that it might get ugly there. 
Um, so I wasn't really confident in going to uh, to GW just based on the fact that I didn't think he was going to be there. But I'm pro. We're, we're pro Mojo on this on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Mojo is oh, the man. Uh, I think he he got thrown into a tough situation, obviously, um, but. He is now assistant at George Mason, so we are glad to have him back in the Atlantic Ten. Shout out to him. I decided to give him a quick shout out on the pod, real quick. No, yeah, um, Mojo, yeah, Mojo's a good coach. He, uh, like you said, it was just a tough situation. Like we had like, like, kind of like a dysfunctional program. Like our AD got okay. fired a year after. Like it was just the whole situation was just bad. Mojo's a great coach, and you know, like he was, you know, he's he's gonna be good. He's definitely gonna be a head coach again somewhere, but. Just a matter of where and when. No doubt, no doubt. Jared, do you remember when we played you guys your so- our sophomore year at y'all's place and you guys beat us by 187 points? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was uh, that was an all timer for sure, for sure. That was an all time halftime speech too. Um, yeah, no, we that was. was- we were ready for y'all because y'all were good, man. We were like, and it was weird because like my freshman year, like it was like Grant and uh, uh, what's the, the other guard y'all got? Sh- uh, I'm blank right now. He, he's y'all teammate now, like Gilliard, Grant, yeah. y'all too. There you go. Like we, we were so nervous because they said that y'all did like TJ Klein and and what's his name? Um, Andre. Yeah, so they killed us like the year before. Y'all know, I mean, they were like, TJ Klein and them had their, like, we were 0-3 against, against y'all that year. So we were so amped up for y'all, just ready to go. Yeah, I think you guys shot, like, 90% from the field that game. <laughs> I was, um, I was, I was, John went to boarding school, too, so he'll understand this one. It was, uh, we were in study hall, and, um, Grant, you remember Spencer. Spencer was a kid on our team. And he pops, I'm like, we're talking about the game, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Richmond's, Richmond's got this one, blah, 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 for sure, for sure. Pops into my room and said, y'all, I wasn't paying attention to the game. I was working on something. He said, bro, <laughs> they're down by 37. I said, oh, <laughs> what are you going on down the road in Washington, D.C. right now? <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. good that, very vividly sticks out in my brain from, from your guy, all your guys' careers. Funny, because my, my, my freshman year against y'all was the first game I started against y'all against freshman. I started the really? Yeah, That was the first start I had in college. Was that at our place or at your place? Yeah, I remember that one. Yep, yep, yep. I remember, yep. Cause y'all, y'all came out and y'all backdoored us like six times in a row. And Coach Mojo was spazzing. And then he, like, he was like, we're going small second half. And they put in the lineup. He had me in at the one, and after that, after that, in the second half, I think y'all still won. But like we came back, and it was like a good game. Yep. And, uh, after that, I started like every game. Yeah, we would be, we would be terrible not to talk about the battles between T.J. Klein and Tyler Cavanaugh that year. I was gonna ask you, <laughs> oh, man. We know, we know what we think about him. What, what was your opinion on him? About Tyler or T.J. Tyler. Oh, no, Tyler was – so my, I knew he was good my freshman year. Like, I knew he was good. Yeah. I was like, man, Tyler's real good. But, you know, part of me, like, I'm a – my freshman year, I'm like, he's good, but, like, I, I like I can be that good. Like, we can all be that good. Like, he's a fr- – like, I'm a freshman, I'm working. And as I'm getting older, like, each year I get older, I appreciate Tyler more and more. Like, this dude was, like, really just so efficient and, like, so good. Like, it took – like, one time we got in an argument one time in practice because he was spazzing on me because he said I wasn't taking, like, it serious enough. And I had no idea what he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm not taking this. I'm in practice, like, doing the same thing y'all doing. But, nah, Tyler was a beast, man. Like, he was different. And uh, I, that, that picture of Tyler and TJ, like, at, at, at y'all place, like, one of the most legendary pictures of all time, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. I'll agree with that, though, because, like, like you said, John, like, I started as a freshman. Like, you, you play with – like, I played with TJ a like, lot. Grant, he was sitting out that year. But, like, like you play with these guys, you like, man, like, TJ and Chandler, they're good. You probably – maybe you think this way about uh, Yuda, too, because I feel that yeah. way about him. It's like, yeah, these guys are good. But, like, on some level, it's like, man, like, if I had the ball that much, like, I could probably do exactly. that. And then you actually are in that position. Like, exactly. man, the next year, we, yeah. we think we're all going to be good. We're going to have this great year, and we stink. And we're like, man, 
these boys were different, man. They were never. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I was getting open was because of Tyler was on the court. <laughs> like the reason, the reason I could shoot my pull up is because they're worried about Tyler popping. Now no no Tyler, I'm like, oh man, like, I got to do all types of stuff. Uh, Tyler, um, I've actually got to hang out a decent amount with the both of them. I think it's funny that, like, obviously they had so much beef and rivalry, rivalry uh, in college, and, and they're really similar guys. Yeah. Like, so it's funny. So I'm walking. This was last summer. Um, Tyler, for those of you that don't know, our strength coach um, was Jai, and Tyler's strength coach at, at GW before he came to Butler. And so last summer, I was, like, random. Um, so I had known Tyler. Obviously, Graham was getting recruited by GW. I got recruited there a little bit, watching you guys play throughout the years. And I walk down to the weight room. We have a morning lift. And I see this huge white guy just hauling it on the treadmill. I'm like, yo, who is this guy right now? What's going on right now? And I realize it's Tyler now. Or it's uh, it's Tyler running on the treadmill. <laughs> Tyler now. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah. That could be a new nickname for him. Those Tyler running on the treadmill. So I remember them, him and TJ going back and forth back in the day. So I like I like say something like as a joke, like walking by. And he like gets off the treadmill. It was like, yo, man, F that dude, this, that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, I'm team TJ from now on. This dude is way too intense for me. <laughs> but then, like, after that, but, like, you know, he uh, we, we worked, he stayed the whole week, worked out with them, and real similar guys, real nice dudes, you know, always uh, looking out for the younger guys, clearly. So it's funny to see how much, how much beef they got and how similar they actually are. I think the beef was really just because they was both so good and everyone compared them to each other. Just because they were like, they didn't even play the same. They just both big white guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes to show, one, how competitive they were. But, like, the A-10 was crazy that year. Like, Dayton, Rhode Island. I don't know. I still don't know how we beat Rhode Island by 20 or whatever at our place that year. Was, um, y'all was top three that year? Yeah, we finished third. Third? Yeah. Because yeah. y'all almost beat us in the A-10 tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. Almost. Almost. I heard someone do a bad inbound pass. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone do a bad inbound pass. And man, hey, this is a tough spot. Put me in a tough spot to put me in. <laughs> I, heard, uh, I heard Tylenol, uh, his new name now, was uh, not happy at you after that one. I mean – yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't happy with me. I mean, I, I, you know, I watched the guy. I probably like could have got him the ball, but it was a tough pass, man. Y'all, y'all had some. So I, I just do it to you because you the six nine. I know he's gonna go up and get it. You yeah. Know, on four, the, the, the athlete of the year in the A ten made made a play on the ball, dunk that joint, game over. Well, yeah, and I don't know what you thought about BCU that year. We played them in the semis. I was like, bro, we will never beat them. Like, we could play these guys 10 times, we would never beat them. <laughs> uh, you Davidson was super nice that year. Yeah. That just a crazy year for the A-10. Ooh, I forgot about Davidson. With, they still had Gibbs that year. We didn't talk about Aldridge. Yeah. And, uh, don't sleep on uh, uh, Axel Goodmanson. He was a killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are aware. We are aware. <laughs> that man has wreaked havoc. Um. Yeah, no, that was a crazy year. Yeah, Nick, I agree with you on the VCU thing. Like, it was just so hard because, like you said, we played them there. So, we had to play them three times that year. And it was like, we got Nick as a freshman, like, out there, like, trying to guard Mo Alley Cox at times. It was just, like, not working out for us. <laughs> the year before I got to GW, uh, Mo Alley Cox dunked on Tyler pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, they, like – when we played at VCU, they printed that picture out. Talking on it. I was at the free throw line. They would put that joint up. Yeah, no, nah, it's actually funny, Grant. A funny, funny thing that I just thought of. Uh, you and me have all, always talked about the infamous TJ Klein post move. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like the little back down with the left spin back in the air, go right, whatever it is. So before, you know, 
the two weeks shut down and working out in mass, we got to play pickup a couple times. And uh, Jai was on my team. Not five on five. Not yeah, not five on five. Uh, <laughs> there we so, go. There we go. I we we had talked a bunch of times about stuff like that going on, you know, all day ten, blah blah blah. And um, I like get in same position. Never done this move before in my life. I don't know where it came from, you know, but the two dribbles with the left to the middle, jump around, spin, come back with the right, and me and Jair just looked at each other and were like. I haven't seen that move in about five years. <laughs> you know, it's just funny to think about, like, how good these dudes were and obviously how much y'all used to compete back in the day and how it's come full circle and look where we are now. That's the thing about it. It's like, I don't think that, like, like we were bad players our sophomore year, but, like, the league was so different. The only team that brought a bunch of people back was Rhode Island. And everybody else, like, like the freshmen and sophomores that weren't really playing that or that, like, played – like, but they were the guys, the main guys. And then, like, the league just, like, was kind of just, like, okay. But then Rhode Island just – they were the only team that brought everybody back. And they were just way better than everybody else that year. But, like, it wasn't like – I don't think we were bad players. We were just so young. We thought it was going to be easy. And then we got – then when we had – then it was our teams. And we were like, yo, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I agree. I remember the first couple games of uh, of that, that red shirt freshman year. Woo! What was it? Delaware. Yeah, we don't need to speak on that one. Jacksonville State was the second one. And then we finally got a win down in the Cayman. And then we lost by a trillion to Cincinnati. I was like, man, these dudes made this this thing look easy. (laughs) Also, speaking of the A-10 that year, I need to – we need to talk about that bad, bad man at George Mason. Mr. Mr. Triple Double himself. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Bro, he was a dog. He <laughs> three threes against us. What? Oh yeah, I would have been I would have been pissed if I was y'all. <laughs> That's literally the only thing he couldn't do. Yeah, yeah nah, he was a dog. You don't see players like that, bro. <laughs> Is he what's he doing now? Does anybody know? Probably just being a dog somewhere, just getting triple-double after triple-double. That's when I realized, like, going to the league is not that easy. Because, like, these dudes, they're like, like, <laughs> like, these are the best players I've ever played against. And they are way better than me right now. And I'm thinking, you're thinking, like, like you said, you come to college, you're like, oh, these guys are pretty good. And then, like, they can't, they, like, having trouble sticking and stuff. It's like, bro, you have to be, like, like Jalen Adams. I was like, yo, he's the best point guard I have ever, I have ever seen. I forgot about them. Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley was the dynamic duo of the century over there. Oh, yeah. I still have PTSD about what uh, Mobley did to us in the conference tournament that next year, Nick. Mobley had 30 and a half against us in the second half. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. That was one of the wildest things of shooting displays I've ever seen. Those two guys, they, they were nuts. They were wild. They were insane. Um. Yeah, so that's the that's the A10 talk for the day. Um, I yeah, we need to stop before I start having flashbacks of these dudes just doing terrible things to us. Yeah. Um, but what, what are what are thoughts on the NBA? What, say, there's what are, a lot of there's a lot of things that we can go to. A lot <laughs> of takes out there floating on the table. About the A10, I just remembered though. Talk to Y'all had y'all had a. Shandre Jones that year, right? Mm-hmm. Yuta was like six nine and always used to guard Shandre Jones. Yep. So like Shandre would get off, but like he wasn't killing like how he would normally kill because Yuta was like defensive player. Yo, he's a great defender. Whenever Yuta would be out the game and I had to guard Shandre, I'm thinking like, oh, I got this. Like Yuta do it, making this turn. Like, man, Shandre would kill me. Bro. <laughs> I was like, oh man, Yuta really a great defender. That's what you're saying, Nick. Yeah, thanks, my man. I don't think. I don't think I've seen anybody with a better change of pace than Chandra. Just like he's not like the fastest person, not the quickest person, but like his change of pace is insane, especially when he's coming off those side ball screens and stuff. But also for Jair, what's the difference between like you went, you play in the A10, then you go to the SEC? Like, was it, was it as big of a jump as people say it is? Or like, what, like tell me about that. Yeah, I would say like the, the only thing about the, the difference is so the A10 usually had like two to three, like, well, the really good teams, like 
like y'all, like top three, where I had like five great players on the court. Uh, but like some of the teams when you go like lower lower half of the eight ten had like two like one two three like good players and the rest were kind of like guys that you could like not really worry about on offense. Uh, the SEC was more like it might not be like the top three players are just as good as eight ten in my opinion. Like and the guard play in the eight ten was just like just as good as SEC. But it would be like that fourth fifth player that like you think wasn't really a threat. And he'll like you leave him open, and he'll like just drive and dunk on him, something like that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I say the speed of it was uh was different. And then as far as but the no, my speed was actually pretty similar. Cause A10 had a lot of good guards, but the big men like Grant was one of the, you were one of the biggest like bigs in the A10 for like and I, every big we played was like six ten plus. Yeah, I was about to say I we played Auburn this past year, and I, what was his name Austin Wiley? I felt like a midget against them. <laughs> big over there is, is super big, but but like it's a you know it's a the guards game for us, so they were just really down there blocking shots and uh, getting rebounds, <laughs> which which is <laughs> something, something that Bryce don't do. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it goes to the NBA. There's a lot of stuff that's happened since the last time we talked. Uh, we can, I don't know where you want to start. There's a lot of places we could start. Um, the Bucks got eliminated, I think. I think they were still in the playoffs when we talked last. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're out. Um, no surprise. Let's, let's talk about that bad man, Jimmy Butler. Let's start there. Let's talk about that guy. <laughs> Jimmy Grant, Butler has been – uh, unreal, honestly. And I don't know. And it's not even so much the scoring and the playmaking and the defense. It's just his intensity on the floor is something else. Like, I feel comfortable when he's out there for the Miami Heat. It's like something about his, his, the way he carries himself and the intensity he has every game. It's like, man, like, the Miami Heat got this. <laughs> You just know some players are going to shrivel up. And you knew those boys from Milwaukee were going to shrivel up when they got a little pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Of course. It was course. funny. Um, obviously, Josh, we talked about um, working out at Josh McRoberts' crib. Um, and he played for the Heat. And we were just like, yo, like, what? Why are the Heat, like, so good right now? Like, what, like what's going on down there in South Beach? He was like – he literally told us it's like a military-run program. Like, he said they get – well, this is another talk we had with, with Duncan Robinson on a Zoom call earlier, but they said, you know, everything out there is like they have three-hour film sessions. They're getting their body fat tested every week, and if they're out of their range, they get fined, like just stuff like that. Like the culture around there is like – it's more like a college program than it's like a, a pro a pro NBA-style team. So he said they're built for the bubble and just stuff like that. Like wouldn't be surprised to see those dudes win the whole thing, honestly. I had one of my teammates in South Carolina, Chris Silva's over there. He was like, uh, he thinks like just the culture and like everything Miami Heat stand for, like it's perfect for Jimmy Butler. And that's what you see all Jimmy Butler talk about. It's like the perfect fit for him. Because it's just like them dudes just go hard. Like <laughs> they don't they don't fake go hard like the Clippers. They like really go hard. Like not like that fake Pat Bev go hard. Like that's fake. But <laughs> go hard. I just I also feel like they just have like. Like, they don't have anybody spectacular uh, except for Jimmy Butler, I guess, right, Nick? But uh, um, they don't have – like, everybody is really, really solid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, drop-off. You know, you got Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Um, Also, Goran Dragic, Dragic, excuse me, is hooping in the bubble. Um, bam, Kelly comes in, can stretch it out. Like, I just feel like everybody just sort of knows what they do well and they do it at a high level. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a question. I was arguing about this with my, my homies. How much do you think coaching matters in the NBA? Like, I think it's like a huge, what do you think it's more just like the players? Like, I know college basketball, coaching is huge. Like, what do you guys think about like right now? I don't think, I honestly like, I mean, I think, for the Heat, it might be more – I think, like, when you play for, like, the Lakers and you got LeBron and AD out there, like, you know, that kind of takes care of itself. But I think the biggest thing for coaching besides X's and O's that I guess are doing pretty well in Miami is, like, 
the hardest part of, I think, basketball is accepting your role and getting people to accept their roles. And I think you see, like, the Clippers struggled with that. And I, I think that comes from a little bit of coaching, a little bit of structure in the program or wherever you're at. Um, obviously, we've, we've already talked about Miami and, and what they're about down there. So I think that the coaching aspect of that kind of gets people to accept the roles. And, and that's kind of what, why they're having so much success lately. Not too much X's and O's, I don't think. So I see people like blaming Doc for the Clippers' loss. And I don't like, I don't think that's true at all. But, yeah, no, and the dude's got two all-stars out there. I don't think, like, it's like Doc drew up a bad play. Like, yeah. Paul shot a shot off the side of the backboard last night. Like, he, there's no coaching for that. Z, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Bryce to an extent. Um, I think, obviously, for teams like Miami or Boston, um, teams that don't have, like, a LeBron James or a James Harden, um, one of these like major, major superstars, I think they do look uh, for more direction from coaching. I think they do rely a little more on coaching. Um, but I think offensively, the NBA really is there's sets in place, but obviously you're just pretty much getting into ball screen after ball screen after ball screen and letting your guys that you're paying trillions of dollars go to work and do what they do best. Um, but I do think coaching uh, is a huge thing in terms of defense and having the right people on the right floor, uh, having the right people on the floor at the right time. I think substitutions is huge. Um, I don't think Doc did a great job uh, at substituting. Um, I know a lot of people were uh, trashing Montrez Harrell for his defense or lack thereof. I think that's a Doc Rivers thing. Like he needs to get him off the floor, make an adjustment. Um yeah, so I think it's more of a defensive thing in the NBA, making those adjustments. Uh, obviously, you watch the Lakers and what they did with James Harden to get the ball out of his hands. Um, so I think you see just more adjustments on the defensive end, more so than the offensive end. Like Kawhi should be like, yo, Trev, get out. Or like, why are we doubling him, uh, Joker every time? Like, I, Joker's nice. Don't get to it. I know y'all the biggest Joker fans on the planet. Like, <laughs> like LeBron would be like, no, nah, bro, like, no, like, we're not doing this. It's not winning those games right now. Yeah, yeah. I also think that's a testament to, like, LeBron. And then I also think that's part of the argument of, like, why you can't really put anybody on LeBron's level right now is because, like, LeBron does have that say. And he is at the point where if he says that, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to listen to LeBron. Whereas I don't know if Doc Rivers would listen to Kawhi as much as – Frank Vogel or whoever it may be at the time would listen to LeBron. I, I like, disagree with y'all. I think coaching is, like, super important in the NBA. I feel like, for example, I think the Bucks like, lost in the playoffs. One, because they don't have any grown men like Jimmy Butler on the team. But two, I, like, believe that if you put, like, Eric Spolstra, he, if he was the coach of the Bucks, they would have won the series. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like, – I think, like, Bud, like, his lack of adjustments, like – his lack of, like, if you only play Giannis 30 minutes or 32 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can you expect to win the playoffs? That stuff, like, that's important. Like, the Raptors, like, you see what they're working with with Pascal out there. Like, like the only reason they, they like, are that good is because, like, obviously they have good players, but, like, like, I think coaching is, like, super important, you know what I mean? And, like, Doc, like, I feel what y'all are saying on some level, but, like, like, you, like that's his fault, you know what I mean? Like, part of it, like, PG and Kawhi, like you can't control shot making, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I think the Raptors, I think the Raptors will win that series if Pascal makes more shots. But like the reason they were in that position because like Nick Nurse will try anything on defense. He'll do whatever it takes. Like, like if if Montrez is getting cooked every possession down and you still play him, like that's a coaching flaw. Like you having Lou Williams in the game as much as you did if he's not going to score and you can't guard Jamal Murray. Like, like what's going on there? You know what I mean? Like. Like Frank Vogel, like the Lakers going small, like that's a coaching decision. Like you can say what they want, but like that was a big, like that was a like they probably still would have won, but like that's like a that makes a series five games instead of six or seven. You know what I mean? Like I think like to me, like Doc is like almost more to blame than like like he's not as much as Paul George because like he stinks, but like <laughs> everybody else, like Doc, like. Like, come on, like, you got to, like, you got to do something about that. Like, he doesn't really run that many plays. Like, what, like what's going on out there? 
he's not supposed to run plays. He got three dudes just averaging 18 plus that all combined scored like 32 points last night. What's Doc supposed to do about that? I mean, that last night might not have been on Doc, but games five and six were on Doc. Like they were, they still had a chance to win other games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kawhi played well in game five and six. Also, I think like I think it's a different. I think it goes back to sort of what I was saying. Like, obviously, Kawhi is an unbelievable player and everything, but like offensively, he's not like the LeBron James of the world or a James Harden. So I feel like you need more, like Nick said, like you need to be running more sets. You need to be trying to put people in positions. Um, whereas when you have LeBron or James Harden, I know I keep saying those two because they're nasty. Um, it's just like they can create so much for themselves and everybody else, whereas Kawhi isn't necessarily like that for the Clippers, in my opinion. Kawhi can't pass, so that's a big issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big issue out there for them. And they sold their, their, their firstborns to get Paul George when they should just kept my boy Shea. I think they would have done the same thing if they would have kept Shea and Danilo. That's a hot take, but wow. I think they would have been they would have been in a similar position. Honestly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Paul George is Paul George. Like, okay, we we've had that talk. I don't even know how many times on this. But I think like kind of what you were saying. Playoff P, yeah, that's fraudulent man. Um, but like how many like I was watching the game last night. Like, how many times are you going to double Joker in the post? And, like, I obviously get, like, you have to double him to some degree, but, like, you're going to just double him. He's going to throw to Jamal Murray or someone's going to cut to the basket. Like, how many times are you going to give up buckets and still be like, oh, this this is going to be what gets us out of this hole right now? So, I, know, I just think, like, the coaching. They ain't doubling the game before. Yeah, like, 36. Jamal Murray had 40 yesterday shooting step-ins. Like, I don't like – that's, like, that's what you have to – that's what – I mean, I don't want to be a coach for – I'm not the coach of the Clippers, but that's, like, stuff you got to figure out. You know what I'm saying? So, since you guys are talking about this, uh, I'm going to just hop in with my hot take uh, that I've been preaching for two years now. At what point do we call the Joker and Jamal Murray the best players in the NBA? What At what point do we call them the dynamic duo of the NBA? These dudes are nasty. The Nuggets are nasty. Um, I've been trying to say it. I put it on my story last night on Snapchat. I need everybody to swipe up. Whoever argued with me about it, I need apologies. I'll give you all till Sunday for anybody out there listening that ever argued Sunday to apologize for the Nuggets slander, the Jokic slander, and Jamal Murray slander. The boys are hot right now. I think it's going to come to an end against the Lakers, but the boys are hot right now. What do we think matchups are for Lakers and and uh, Lakers and Nuggets? Who do we think's guarding him? I think Jeremy Grant on LeBron. I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I mean, there's no good one. Who else would we put out of Jabal? Tory Craig. <laughs> Tory Craig. Michael Porter Jr. Like, who are we gonna put on? <laughs> who are we gonna put on LeBron? We were having, John and I were having this talk in my apartment last night. Like, what's the best kind of dude to put on a line? We said just someone quick enough to stay in front. It's going to give up ground, obviously, not strong. But someone that can stay in front, I think, is the biggest key to, to guarding LeBron. You worded that terrible, like, duh. So yeah, like, nah, <laughs> obviously, you're staying in front. <laughs> someone that's like, I don't know, what, what's the best way to word it then? Kawhi, that's who you put on LeBron. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I'll put someone that can't stand for LeBron on LeBron. That's the best. <laughs> that's right. Does uh, does Jokic guard AD, or does AD guard Jokic? Another so valid as, question. As a Lakers fan, I like the small lineup. I like the AD Morris, Danny Green, Rondo, LeBron lineup. Mm-hmm. So I would put AD on LeBron. And I mean, not Aiden LeBron. That doesn't make sense. I'll put. Oh, yeah. Okay, that, that's a hot take. That's a hot that's take. Some, I like that. That's some, that's some next level coaching. You know what I'm saying? Put players on the same team against each other. I'll put AD on Jokic and try that. But we also have like 
JaVale and Dwight to take to take some fouls or whatever. Hmm. But there's like Jokic there's no good matchup for him either. It's not great. It's not great. Do you think Jokic guards AD? Or do you think they put if AD starts I, at center, he's barbecue chicken. So they better hope that AD's not starting at center. <laughs> Be a long night for Jokic. Oh man. You're gonna put Paul Millsap on AD? Come on now. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was about to say. I don't know who else you're going to put on him, but sheesh. I mean, Jokic is tough to watch on defense. So we talked about this a couple couple podcasts ago. It seems like everybody in the top five players in the league stink now. So where is where is Jokic? Is he, where, where is he on your guys' list? Like, what what is the range? Is it number one? <laughs> <laughs> number one. Is it top three? Is it top three to to five? Top five to ten? Like, like where are you guys putting them? Right, Jokic five. Mm-hmm. Five to ten. Yeah, yeah. I think five to ten is fair. Like, I think upper seven to ten. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would probably, I would probably have them at like seven. Yeah, really, probably seven, something like that. Yeah. Are we talking like everybody's healthy? All that. Yeah, I keep good forgetting stuff? about KD and stuff. That's fair. Exactly. Exactly. Where does Luca lie? There's Luca in this discussion. I mean, clearly in the top five according to first team today. Top two, top two, and not. Two. <laughs> you guys know how I feel about Luca. Don't like uh, Luca. Oh, I love Luca. I think Luca's. I think Luca's top top three. If you ask me, my take is the the Dallas would have got the Clippers out of there if Kristaps didn't get hurt. The Clippers really should have been gone. You right? I forgot about that. Yeah, they should have been out of here. Clippers are trash, bro. They're supposed to be bronze. How could they play with no effort? You know what I mean? In game seven, no passion. Seven. How could you not care? <laughs> on another note, on top of this, did y'all see uh, Dame and CJ's Twitters last night? Going dummy. Oh, man. That stuff had me rolling. That was some funny stuff. I think uh, – do you remember, AJ? We were sitting there talking about what – I think uh, Dame added Paul George and was like, basically like, yo, you trying to come to Cancun? Like, I haven't made a plan yet. <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> but they were going off on and all this funny stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason true. I liked – I wouldn't have liked it if it wasn't because of Pat Bev. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, they at home, they shouldn't really be talking that much. But it was Pat Bev, so I liked it. <laughs> I was off for it. Yeah. <laughs> Do, so we got um, predictions, and uh, who wins each series? How many games? I know we've already seen one for the Celtics and the Heat, but if we got predictions. Who we think? I got I got Heat and seven, Lakers and six. I got Celtics and seven, Lakers and five. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go Heat and seven, and unfortunately, I'm gonna go Lakers and five as well. Wait, wait, wait. The Celtics fans going with the Heat and seven. Okay. I don't know, man. I've been watching these dudes. These I'm sold on these Heat guys now, man. Realistically, I'm a, obviously I'm a Southern guy, but realistically, right now, I think. Where, where do you go to school, guys? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Crucified <laughs> 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 tomorrow. Jayward and Brad Stevens, you're going to get hey. some Brad's probably going to listen to this tonight and call Val and like get you kicked off the team. Thanks, <laughs> Val will do it too. <laughs> um, I got uh. Ooh, I don't know. Honestly, I'd flip a coin on the Celtics and Heat, but I'll go. Uh, I'll go Celtics and seven, and give me the Nugs and seven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because I have like I want to see LeBron win and like win the championship or whatever, but like wouldn't be upset if the Nugs won in seven. That'll be that'll be pandemonium. I think that – another hot take. I think that the window on other teams winning is closing because Luka is coming, and you you guys better get your rings now because that man is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Luka. All right. Anyways, y'all want to go to the – what would you say? Don't sleep on Mellow Ball next year. That boy in the playoffs for sure. Don't sleep. Oh, ball. All good on anybody with the last name ball. <laughs> they said, uh, oh, oh, actually, a little off topic right here. But since we're talking about 
the uh, the ball family. Jai and I were sitting in the locker room the other day, and he said, if you put Lonzo Ball in for Rajon Rondo on that championship team, the same outcome occurs. I just want to know what you guys think about that. Hot take. I mean, we all had a hot take today. That's my hot take, and that's facts. <laughs> that might be the hottest of them all. Fortune <laughs> on fire take. Wow. You know what? I'm with you on that. <laughs> no. Oh, God. <laughs> Rondo is a great player. All right, don't get it twisted. He's a good, he's, he's a above average player. Okay, he's a great player. Let's, let's name great players right now. Oh, yeah, I take it back. Rondo's a good player. Rondo's a good player. Wait, I, so what? If Rondo's a good player, what's Lonzo? Lonzo is a, is a good okay player. player. <laughs> Wowzers. Okay, player. Lonzo's a good player as well. All Rondo did on that playoff, on that Celtics run, was listen to Doc Rivers and give Ray Allen the ball in whatever position that Ray Allen was in. And he'd get 12 assists a game. I could get 12 assists a game throwing it to Ray Allen like this. And Ray Allen <laughs> catches it and shoots it. That's ridiculous. He's not missing. Bro. Bro. Uh, like, we're like underestimating the fact that, like, Grant, we used to talk about this. My boy Rondo for a, a couple years was almost a certified triple double every night. Don't sleep on that. Yes. Don't sleep on that fact. Bro, yeah. Lonzo's passing to a Zion, bro. That's the only player you can pass to. The only assist against a Zion is lobs. You can literally throw it anywhere in the vicinity of a backboard and he can finish it. Yeah, but when and how often does that happen a game? Threes are much more common. Paul Pierce, <laughs> Ray Allen, KG was all hitting perimeter jumpers. That's easy assists. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> don't have anyone that can make it three. It's like Lonzo's just coming down the court. He's like, well, I can't pass the three-point shot. I guess I'll just throw it at the rim. That's my only option. <laughs> That's what's happened to damn me. Close his eyes and tosses it up to Zion. <laughs> no. We'll sleep if Lonzo was on that team, Big Baby would still be in the NBA. Because Big Baby would be posted up full court, just like, just like Zion does. And Lonzo would be throwing that joint up. Buckets. Uh, I don't think – Baby, big baby. I don't think I've ever seen him dunk in a basketball game. <laughs> they said Lonzo has more songs on iTunes than he does. He does made free throws this year. Tough look. He Tough might look. have more songs on iTunes than he has highlights in his career. I sold on Lonzo Ball. No, bro. Lonzo free is. Those are tough, bro. Free throws are a tough shot. People sleep on free throws. Bro, tough. come on. Hey, I'm co-signing that. I'm co-signing that. <laughs> bro, it's not like he has like 100 songs on iTunes. He has 44. <laughs> Tricky shots. Oh, man. No. That's a hot take, bro. But I'm with it. <laughs> All right, yo, want to go to some NFL talk now? I know, I know, I know. G and Bryce have a lot of a lot of things to say about Week One. Where do you guys want to start? Because I mean, my only hot take is that the Eagles are the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, go ahead and get the go ahead and get the Carson Wentz talk out the way. Let's get this one out the way real quick. <laughs> Everybody's talking to me. You guys need to stop talking about Carson Wentz. You guys need to stop bullying Carson Wentz. My take still stands. Jameis over Carson, who would you take? Not Carson. Like, you guys lost to a team with no name. <laughs> with no name. Y'all were up 17-zip. Like, I understand, like, if it was, like, maybe the football team is better than we thought. No, they suck. You guys are just worse. <laughs> so, Carson Wentz, if I'm the Eagles, I'm trading him for Jameis right now. Guaranteed playoff berth. Because right now you guys are trading towards 7-9. and nine. And then what? Who's whose fault is gonna be this year? Whose fault is gonna be this year? Still Carson. Allergic, he's allergic to the playoffs even when he's healthy. He can't get there. So, <laughs> there, there we go with that. Um, and there's our Carson Wentz talk of the week. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins. This is my gripe with the with the Vikings. We gave up a million points. Cost my fantasy team a win this weekend too. By the way, minus ten on defense. You guys can't just get zero. Put that. That's a tough way. To, that's a tough way to lose fantasy. <laughs> Anyways, Kirk Cousins. He graded out as the fourth best quarterback this week. This is my big great with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All stats and no and what did we lose by? Fifteen points this week. Bad. That's my, those are my football takes. Oh, my man Action Jackson, back to back MVP. It's happening. Mm. This week. 
uh, this mm. year. Um, so there we are with that. I know you guys have some. You want to start with Tom Brady or Cam Newton? <laughs> um, uh, man, not going to talk about the man down in Tampa. He had a tough <laughs> one. Uh, he'll bounce back, though. Um, yeah, so Superman, Cam Newton, back. Looked great. Um, didn't throw the ball well or spectacular, I should say. Didn't throw it poorly. Uh, very average game throwing the ball, which is fine. You know, feel it out. Uh, ran the ball exceptionally well. Um, I think we're going to have to obviously moderate that moving forward. Uh, don't like how many hits he took. But, yeah, I've booked my ticket to Tampa. Um, so I'm, I will be in Tampa the first weekend in February. Hope we don't have a game or anything that weekend because I will be missing uh, – Pats to the Super Bowl. Number seven is on the way. Um, what else? What else was out there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. It was it was good football. Um, nobody really like impressed me. I don't see anybody that's really stepping in the way of the Patriots going to the Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah, no, same Patriots going obviously. Cam Newton looked good. I mean, I, he didn't pass the ball. He didn't. Even, I think he only threw like I think he threw less than twenty passes. And completed 14 or 15 of them. So, I mean, you know, that stuff comes to you on it out, blah, blah, blah. Ran the ball exceptionally well, which I don't think the the, the Northeast has seen in a while from, from a quarterback. So, you know, a, a nice refresher or something like that. So, we'll see how it carries on. You guys think that's sustainable, the way that he's playing right now? No. Um, I think – yeah, no, I don't. Uh running that many designed runs, uh, you're just asking for trouble at that point. Um, even on his second touchdown, uh, I mean, he took a huge hit at the goal line, like a huge hit. Uh, you're bound to, to get injured at that point. But we'll see. I think he did a decent job besides that play of taking what he could get, getting down, um, I think there were a couple where he probably could have tried to fight for a couple more yards, but didn't sort of just let the defense sort of just went down. Um, so I think he was pretty smart about it, but yeah, overall, I think it needs to be moderated, but also they, we knew coming in that we were going to try and pound the dolphins on the ground. So I'm expecting more of a, more of an air raid attack here against Seattle on Sunday night. I don't got you guys winning that one. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> Hey, toughest schedule in football this year. Um, not not what I like to see. Uh, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, even though San Francisco was a dud this weekend. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Nobody was impressed by Mahomes? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I was disappointed in the Texans. I was expecting way more out of them. It's just like every time you think that that franchise is going to do something good for you, they just lay an egg. I drafted Deshaun Watson as my fantasy quarterback. He obviously a waste of a pick. Might as well have drafted myself. You could have done the same thing as Deshaun Watson did out there that week. Gosh, those guys just – I don't know why I, why I would rely on that franchise. <laughs> yeah, you weren't impressed by – you guys weren't impressed by anybody. I was impressed by my man, Axon Jackson, obviously. Uh, best player in the league, obviously. No disputing that. Mm-hmm. No time. No time. Brady talk. G. None of that. Uh, yeah, tough one. Your boy, um, your boy looks old, man. He looks old. Yeah, he was. He came out hot. He like the first possession threw a dot. Um, then dropped it in on Mike Evans, literally on the money, and they got a pass interference call. Of course, get it down there. What's he do? Run it in. You know, natural, natural ability. Uh, but yeah. If there's anybody that's going to bounce back from a uh, two interception blowout loss, it'll be it'll be twelve. Yeah, he's not playing against the Jets and the Bills anymore and the Dolphins. Hey, I you know what? Now that you say that, I take it back. Someone did impress me this weekend, the Bills. And let me tell you, I would take Josh Allen over Carson Wentz. I think Josh Allen is a stud. Really? An absolute stud. Yeah, I think he's out of control. No, there, there's no I think. He is out of control. 
he's a psychopath, like with some of the decisions he makes. But I, I think the Bills are good. I think Josh Allen's good. I, I would take Josh Allen on my team if we didn't have Cam Newton. Hmm. That's a hot pick. <laughs> uh, do you have a football team? Do you root for anybody? Do you – what's up? Talk to me. Nah, I don't really watch football. I, uh, I'm from New York, so, you know, Giants fan, but – They had a great showing on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> what if Saquon have six yards? Oh, my yeah, goodness. My, you know, my Twitter was exploding with Saquon's trash talk. I didn't watch that game. Nick, did you watch it? Like, what was up with Saquon just not – just had nowhere to go? The line was terrible. What's... I mean, the Steelers, I think, they're, I think they're frauds, but they have a pretty good defense. And, yeah. you know, when you're on the Giants and you have no other good players on your team, it's kind of hard for you to, you know what I'm saying, get open. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure he'll, he'll bounce back. Talented guy. What's going on with Odell? Odell's trash now? He's about to be a Patriot. That's what he's about to be. <laughs> uh, nah, I think uh, – Baker sucks. Uh, yeah, Baker's terrible. Coaching, terrible. He's just not in a good spot. And, yeah, I don't I don't know. Him and Baker haven't been able to figure it out since they got there. He got there. It just – the Browns are such a, such a joke. It's not Odell's fault, I'll say that. Put that out it there. It certainly isn't. Certainly isn't, but it won't matter because he, he'll be in a Patriots uniform by week four, I'm going to say. That would be, be a disaster. Uh, you seen, you seen the workout video. you seen Cam Newton out there with them. They're boys. It, it's going to get ugly for the NFL here soon. Or Allen Robinson. I'll take Allen Robinson as well. I know those rumors are floating around right now. But Yeah, that'll be pretty good. Uh, the Vikings, I think we should just go ahead and cancel the season. Season doesn't really count anyway. No fans, you know what I'm saying? Quarantine. Around the season. Yeah, you know what I mean? It should be an asterisk. Uh, it's just like, how could we how could we act like that in week one? How could we play with no passion? Literally in front of only friends and family, because those are the only people that can come. So we play with <laughs> in front of literally friends and family. Oh, man. Bad, bad, bad. All right, you guys want to go to the top three to end it off? Let's do it. All right. So this week for our top three, we're going to go for kind of the theme of the week, theme of the podcast, uh, top three franchises that if your favorite team is going against them in the playoffs, you feel comfortable with no matter what their record is. They could be the one seed, they could be the eighth seed. If you get this matchup in the playoffs, you're super comfortable. Sound good, everybody? There we go. Bryce, you want to start off? My number one, I'm going to go with the – Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, we talked about this for a while now. Um, regular season looks like the the juggernaut of the league. Playoffs come around, not the same story. Something in the water in Milwaukee keeps them boys from advancing to a com- or a conference finals. I don't know what it is. I just think Giannis. We talked about it uh, when Giannis is your best player. Not taking anything away from him, he's obviously good, but. If you don't have like a, a real score as your best player and your go-to option in the playoffs, it gets really hard to win. So, yeah, I'm and I'm also getting tired of watching this dude just drive into eleven people standing around the basket and, and trying to score it. So, not sustainable, I don't think, especially when you're trying to win. Obviously, that's proven. Yeah, Joe, what you got? Clarify what my team is. My team is the Knicks with Mellow Ball falling to eighth. Just clarifying that. All right. And if if that team sees that team sees the Clippers, it's over. We, we smoking them because Lamelo Ball taking their hearts easy. Wow, just just rubbing in the Clippers. I love this. I hope the Clippers get talked about for the next year about just how bad they are. Yeah, they sold. Well, the Knicks fan. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. Not the Clippers. The Sixers. Because no, no one's making a three-pointer on that team. So, and Lamelo Ball is making 15 of them. So, we could. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with Lamelo Ball as the savior talk, but I do feel you on the Sixers will full talk. <laughs> I can get behind the Sixers will full talk for sure. 
Um, first one for me, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Uh, it's so funny because it's like it's usually a good game in the regular season every time we play them. Um, they've beaten us in the regular season plenty of times that, you know, I've watched. But it's something about when you get when you get to those playoffs. I mean, it's different for everybody in in Gillette uh, in the playoffs when when it's January and you can't feel the tips of your fingers and it's it's different for everybody when you you're facing TB12 in the gang. But except I don't for, know, the except pitch- for Santa Hill and Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a you know we're sorry we're getting old. We're getting old. We're 41 <laughs> at the time. 41. Um, but. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never, like, felt any kind of terror or ever been scared of the Steelers in the NFL playoffs. Like they want. My number one is going to be the Houston Rockets. I feel like, you know, every year they have this great regular season. Everybody talks. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to beat LeBron this year. And I'm not going to lie, after game one, I was a little stressed. I'm not going to lie, I was a little concerned. Definitely wasn't in the best mood, but – you just know that those boys are going to come back to earth. You know, it's something in that Houston order that just, when it's time to perform at a high level, that team is just going to shrivel up. And they, they dropped four straight eggs uh, against the Lakers. You would think that they, would ha- that they would have some pride. Like we said, literally the only people in the bubble watching are friends and family, and you can't even have any pride. That's <laughs> what's talking dirty than, than, than wives and babies on the sideline. <laughs> Again. I'm a big Russell Westbrook guy, favorite player. He stinks now. I don't know what happened to him. But, yeah, he might go to the Knicks. I know how you feel about that. That would be, that'd be rough. That would be great. That would be perfect for Russ. He could just get triple-doubles all day. Asking the mellow, too. Come on now. That's deadly. That's a deadly combo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's, your, uh, what's your second one, Bryce? Uh, Nick got my second one right there with the Houston Rockets. Obviously, we've talked about Houston sports, and anytime there's something on the line, somehow they managed to not show up. And I definitely, like, definitely think with those guys, like, obviously Harden is an animal, but the 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 plan for playoff basketball shouldn't be watching one dude make plays for 48 minutes straight and trying to do what he does. And obviously, when you live and die by the three. When that pressure gets on, it's a lot easier to die by the three than it is to live by it. So definitely not scared of those guys uh, come playoff time. What you got, Jeff? Number two. Any sport? Any sport. Any sport. I'm going to Mets. Whoa. Mets. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What was the what was it, two thousand fourteen when the Mets were in the World Series? Um, yeah. A long time ago. Was that it? Yeah. I don't know. Whenever they blew it. They lost to Kansas City. Yeah, I don't hey. know. <laughs> if you lose to Kansas City, <laughs> we're not worried about you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um continuing with the baseball trend. My second one is and this is as a Boston Red Sox fan, literally anybody in the National League, like if we make it to the World Series, there's not a single team on the national in the National League that like is like, okay, just give the Sox the the banner now. Like it doesn't matter. National League is a joke. The AL has literally been loaded with all the talent for a while now. And yeah, it's just not the National League is just Good. Uh, my third pick is going to be um, the Eagles with Carson Wentz because there's a good chance Carson Wentz won't show up. So <laughs> if you're playing, maybe you're probably going to go against their backup quarterback, which might be better, but you just feel more comfortable, which might be better. But you just know that Carson's probably not going to show up. So that's going to be my third one, my second one. My third one to wrap it up. Forget the team. We're going with Paul George. <laughs> Anytime I see that man play playoff basketball, I just get deflated as a human being. Because I, I wasn't like – I remember when Paul George was – we've seen it before. We've seen it when he was in Indy, and uh, he was hooping. I mean, obviously, they weren't being LeBron and all that, but he was getting to it. And then I don't know what happened once he left. Started struggling. A dude that's getting paid 
trillions of dollars to shoot shots off the side of the backboard. I, I, we could put it, the four of us in there. We could do that for a million dollars. But that's my third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. Man, this is a tough question, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go Cleveland. Cleveland with just, with, just the city. But yeah, all Cleveland sucks. Nah, nah. Cavs, Cavs. Once, once Bron left, it's like man, that joint just just shut down, man. And then you know, I don't, I'm not a uh, I'm not a huge fan of. Their uh, their basketball team, their style of play. <laughs> oh man, um, my third one, uh, another football one. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it doesn't matter. Paid Manning, Andrew Luck. It, it it really does not matter. Another team that I've just like thoroughly been comfortable with in the playoffs. Um, pretty much, you know, in the fake. Oh, the balls are deflated thing. Uh, the balls got changed at halftime, and we still won 40-something to seven. So they're a joke of an organization and uh, can't get it done when it counts. So, Okay. That's pretty good. All right, my last one, I'm going to go baseball here. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay Rays. I just feel like that's not an organization I'm going to be worried about. They could go undefeated in the regular season. They've beaten the Yankees a bunch of times this year. That's fine. I guarantee when it's time, when the when the playoffs are are here, and like and like you said, G, when it gets a little bit colder, mm-hmm. you know, fastball's not hitting the same. You mm-hmm. can't see, not seeing the pitches the same way. Those boys are going to shrivel up. Can't. I'm not ever going to trust a team from Florida unless they're from Miami and it's the Heat to do anything good in the playoffs. So there, there we are. There it is. Yep. So. That's the episode for the week, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody who's been tuning in. We say this every week, but we're surprised by how many listeners we're getting, how many people are tapped in every week. Um, so we appreciate the support. Appreciate the feedback, too. Um, Jai, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you ha- Appreciate uh, you coming on this week. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> Y'all boys uh, continue to stay safe up there at Butler. Uh, no more in-shelter shutdowns. And uh, – <laughs> Hopefully everybody stays uh Rona free up there for y'all. Yeah, Christ, yeah. No more no more school run. Keep it in the crib, all right. Yep. Yeah, but uh, again, let us know what you guys think. Uh we should be back consistently, but you never know what school and stuff, but we should be back next week. Let us know what you want to hear. Same same old, same old. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, catch y'all boys later. All right, fellas. All right.